0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hello and welcome once again to another match day edition of the Leeds Up podcast. I'm James and today I'm joined by Andy. Hello, Jim. How are you, mate? Good, thanks. How are you?
2: Uh, I've just about gotten over that last defeat. But
1: let's not dwell on that. So today we'll discuss our home fixture against Newcastle United. Coming up, we discuss our head-to-head record, how the teams line up, and we give our predictions for the game. And then, as always, have a little chat afterward with our immediate thoughts. So. Why not? Where's Paul? Isn't he on holiday somewhere? He's sunning it up. In fairness, he does deserve a
2: holiday, but I would have gone on holiday if you're listening. Scumbag.
1: So, Newcastle. Played them 75 times. How many times we won, Andy?
2: Uh, We've beat them... 47.
1: <laughs> Not even close. Oh, 70. No, we've oh, won- 12. <laughs> we've won 26. Durant oh. 16 and lost 32. At Ellen Road we've won nine times. They've won 22 times. <laughs> oh, uh, Ellen Road? <laughs>
2: yeah. Have you got this the wrong way around?
1: No, I haven't. We've won more times away. Jeez. Oh, I always
2: remember them being a bit of a bogey team, but not to that degree. It sounds very <laughs> leads that thing to be a
1: thing, doesn't it? I blame your arrivals.net. Your arrival? Yeah. Uh, Ellen Road 38 times. Leeds nine. Newcastle 22. Oh.
2: Hey, well, we're with ten tomorrow,
1: and I'm just looking through all the results and checking. And yeah, it's it's grim. It's really grim. Oh. I, mean, I mean, this is going back a long, long way.
2: Well, that Shearer fella used to like scoring against us—I know that much. How could we recorded the night before anyway?
1: I don't know. You wanted to? Oh yeah, I'm busy tomorrow. <laughs> when do you think the last time we beat Newcastle was?
2: Oof, home or like home and away, or just in general?
1: Well, first of all, when was the last time we that's, beat them?
2: That's the same question, isn't it? Home underway or just in general? Uh, last time we beat Newcastle, I think, it was 2003?
1: 2002. Oh, close. And the last time at Ellen Road we beat them was? 97. 1999, ninety-nine. Twenty oh. years ago. <laughs> that is brutal, isn't it?
2: One of my fondest memories of a Newcastle game. I can't remember which one it was and I can't remember exactly who scored, so apologies in advance. It's a really crap one. I think, from memory, it was a Smith double. And I think he scored after, like, one minute. Then they absolutely battered us for 90 minutes, and then he scored in, like, the 90th minute, and we
1: won 2-0. But the other thing that also springs to mind for me for... Newcastle is obviously um, Lee Bowyer and Kieran Dyer fighting on the pitch. Yeah. Leeds weren't involved, but, you know, technically Leeds were involved.
2: Wait a minute. Didn't didn't Steve Watson play for
1: them as well at one point? (laughs) (laughs) Are we renaming this to the Andy Loves Steve Watson podcast?
2: I don't love him. I'm terrified of him. He's the most uh, offensive right back. Not offensive. Well, Yeah, offensive. I find him offensive.
1: And he is offensive against us because he scores on the offense. That's thrown me off that. Horrible stat
2: about being at LBO, but maybe it's a good thing that every game's away at the minute.
1: So, team news for this game Uh, Bielsa actually said this time around he's not going to name the squad. Did you see that?
2: Yeah, it's because he can't. We've got no defenders.
1: (laughs) Well, I think it's more because there was a lot of attention on the fact that he was naming the squad and it became a bit of a meme amongst all these sports bible and all those sort of Twitter accounts.
2: I don't think he cares about them. I, 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 I just don't get it. Why? Does he suddenly care what people think about him? He has in the past, does he? Do no. cause, is it because he was, thought he was deflected away from the team, maybe?
1: Yeah, I don't think he's um, worried about what people think about him. I think it's more that he doesn't want the attention to be on the wrong thing. Yeah, but if you don't care about the attention,
2: why is he mad well, not know.
1: So, Newcastle team news. Do we even care? Steve Bruce's manager.
2: Because Alex Bruce played, He's a come out of retirement and he's got a game, has it. he? Newcastle got some pretty handy players, to be fair, you know. I think it could be a tricky tomorrow. I know that they've been uh, in and about it at the wrong end and sometimes they get whooped, but they've got a couple of tricky little players, I
1: think. You forget that, the, that Dwight Gale's there as well and he's a cracking player. He's always done well against us.
2: Yeah, for me, it's they've got, I don't want to say it, sort of bite me and lead's at me. So I'm not going to talk about Joel Linton. The, the one that the ones that worry me are that. Uh, Sir Maximan and Ryan Fraser. I like them. They're, well, I don't like them in the fact that I like them. I think they're tricky players. They could be a problem. That Al Miron always seems to have a trick but doesn't deliver. So that's got leads that written all over it. I don't know in Newcastle, you know. I don't know.
1: There's always that element of, even over the years, them just feeling sort of fairly average. But, you know, the stats don't lie. They always come up trumps against us, which is a bit annoying. And I, hopefully it's not the same tomorrow. Or today, or yesterday, depending on when you listen to this podcast. Dare I say the words must win? Ah, oh God, you can dare say it because I think a lot of people are feeling that. There's a lot of there's a lot of tension, isn't there? There's a lot of people feeling like we're we're completely falling at the minute. Not that I think we are, but it feels like a must win in in, in that respect in terms of of getting people in a positive mood again.
2: Well, I think that's it. I said it last week, and I'll reiterate it. There are three much worse teams than us in this league. But that doesn't always mean happy days, does it? As we found out in the past, I think it's a must win for me. So I don't want to be going into the big game on Sunday with another defeat.
1: So I've been having a look through the opposition forums and uh, surprisingly... What's that? com. Me, I can't remember what they're called. Hang on. Cartoon yeah, Army. It was Toontastic and Toon Forum. It surprised me. Where, where they're based. <laughs> sure. It surprised me, but I actually couldn't find a lot on leads. You know, like normally when you go on opposition fan forums, there's a thread that's got like the upcoming game. There's none of that. All they do is just moan about. Mike Ashley and wanting new owners to come in. And it took me quite a while sifting through to get some uh, leads. comments, to be honest.
2: Don't mind that. It's proper. They've got a good fan base of Newcastle.
1: I was going to say that at the start, actually, the games that I've been to over the years at home as well, their fans always travel well away from home. And it's always like good banter in the stadium, to be fair.
2: Saying that I like them as a fan base is the wrong phrase, but they're they're not on my uh, hit list. I think they're, they're passionate. They'll do. I like how they melt down, we melt down. They're very like us, they're very up or very down. <laughs> it's it's amusing to see somebody else in that situation that's not us.
1: So I did actually find some comments on leads and do you know what? The recurring theme is they just want to hold on in this game. Like a lot of the fans are worried about leads. They think we're exactly the sort of team that they cannot handle at the moment. So that's, that's really intriguing because I thought they would be really, really confident. But obviously, they don't have a lot of confidence in Steve Bruce, mainly. Could you blame them?
2: Gaze looks like a pudding. Pudding with a broken nose. I've got nothing.
1: We've got El Loco Joe.
2: Oh, do you know what? We should just get her to record and send us it in, shouldn't we?
1: Yeah, I asked her before. She, she went up for that.
2: Oh, Joe. Come on, pal. No
1: word. So, Joe provides our referee research, which is way better than any of our research. So, thanks, Joe. Uh, the referee, for- is that because we don't do any research? We do lots of research sometimes. When you say we, do you mean you and Paul? I mean, Paul does research sometimes. <laughs> Uh, The referee for our game against Newcastle is Wiltshire ref Simon Hooper. He's a Swindon fan. Hooper last reffed us back in August 2018, our 3-0 away win at Norwich. Video assistant referee is Kevin Friend. Oh, friend. He reffed us at Chelsea, didn't he? That's the most recent one. Yeah, it is. Definitely. I say definitely. Again, no research. He definitely might have done. (laughs) So we'll see how that pans out who knows what we're going to get. It could be a tasty one tomorrow. Newcastle's always a, uh, it's been a, well, it's weird, isn't it? Cause it's kind of gone missing over the years. Like a lot of these fixtures that were back in the day, massive. And I think even the, the last time we played them was the, the Chris Wood equalize like 90 odd minute, which was awesome. Oh, it was yeah.
2: last time at their gaff, wasn't it?
1: They? Yeah, it was last time we played them. at their that was that was
2: the last time we played them. Or is that when the Rob, when Rob Green happened?
1: Research. Uh, last time we played them. Yeah. One all 2017. Yeah,
2: it was. It was the, uh, the equaliser, wasn't it? We can live with that.
1: Anything else you want to cover?
2: What do I want to talk about? The potential of us going into tier two and getting some fans back.
1: Oh, that'd be good, wouldn't it?
2: Well, mate, it could be a little cheeky Christmas present, couldn't it? Burnley, day
1: after Boxing Day, won't it? I mean, personally, I don't mind if it's me or not. I just think it'll be good to get fans back in the ground. But did you see um, Frank Lampard today?
2: Oh, I don't want to waste any energy on that.
1: Dave. You get a lot of comments though that like people say, "Oh, rent free, we're living inside Leeds fans' heads," but it's just nonsense. The main thing is, is it's a talking point because it wasn't a talking point when it should have been for us, and now that it's a London problem and a Frank Lampard problem, he's against it.
2: The geezer just thinks that nothing happens outside of
1: wherever he is. I think he thinks he is the center of the universe. Well, anyway, like you say, he's had enough fair time now. Pred- um, predictions for the game, Andy. What are you thinking? I'm
2: thinking that we can't not play like we normally do tomorrow. I think we're go attacking. I think we're going to go straight at them. I think it might be frustrating. I think it'll be 1-0. I think it's one of them games where we chuck everything at them. Like you know, the Arsenal game where we have like 4 million shots and don't score. Mm. I think we'll have four million one shot and that'll ricochet off some fella's arse and go in.
1: I'll take the arse deflection. I'm happy with that. What about you? What do you reckon? I've been, I feel like I've been a bit over the top with my predictions recently, so I'm trying to keep cool with it. And I'll say, we're, I think any, you know, we need a better performance than against West Ham. That was shocking. That was the worst performance I've seen in a long time. I feel like we've got it in the bag to do that against Newcastle. But I'm going to be reserved and I'm going to say four nil leads.
2: Oh, good, good. I like that.
1: Because I think <laughs> they need the confidence of, and I, and I think you know they will have had a a real earful, and they'll be hurting after that West Ham game, and I think they'll they'll come out and they'll they'll prove a lot of people wrong, and and yeah, I, I think I think we could be in for something exciting. I've got a good feeling.
2: Well, they're they're like us. They're very much a confidence team, aren't they? I think if we get one goal early doors, they could be in for a long old night. And it's just as long as we get the early goal, unlike last time, and then piss it away. We need to just stick at it and just go mad for it.
1: Andy, what is your word?
2: Confidence. I think we need to take some confidence and put in a real confident performance and go absolutely gung-ho at them. I don't want to be going into the big game on Sunday having lost again. So I think this is a real confidence breeder. Get the attack back, lovely clean sheet. It'd be amazing to put some uh, happiness in the defence.
1: Confidence. James. Tune. All right. Um what am I thinking? Why have I said tune? I want talk us to be the time. <laughs> I want us to be talk of the tune. We weren't in any of their forums, but we will be after we beat them 4-0 at Ellen Road. Excellent. So we'll hopefully see you in the second half of the podcast after the Newcastle game. For now, don't forget you can win an England shirt signed by Calvin Phillips. Visit leadsthat.com to find out how to enter. All the money from the entries goes towards the Food Bank at Holbeck, which is being run by Slung Low, which is a brilliant organisation. So please get involved. The money really, really helps.
2: I've got massive news. Go on. I've worked out where he is. Where is he? He's only gone the Gambia with the boys, hasn't he? <laughs> he? He might well be in Gambia. What's that place called in Gambia when he told us all about?
1: Remember? It's the airport he kept waxing on about, didn't he? That word he kept saying. What's it called? Yeah. Gambia Airport. Quick Google. Uh, Banjul.
2: That's it. He's in Banjul, smashing some pina coladas while we're sat here in lockdown, all miserable watching football on telly.
1: I reckon if he is in Banjul, he hasn't even left the airport, has he?
2: No, <laughs> yeah. He's probably just Saturday arrivals chilling out, isn't
1: he? Right. We'll see you in the second half of the podcast. Cheers!
0: Hi guys, hope you're doing well. Thank you for holding the fort whilst I'm away. Uh, I wanted to sample life as a Premier League footballer, so I've gone. I'm basically I'm in Banjul Airport, trying out the floor. I'm gonna go with one-one. I'm I'm optimistic that we can get a, a positive result, which would be any kind of point at the moment. Turn it round like we did last time when we needed to turn things round. You know, bring a bit of positivity ahead of the big game on Sunday. All the best. Cheers.
2: And deck Alan Shearer. Who else? He's not a Geordie, but Les Ferdinand. Them fellas off Geordie Shore. With a talk of the two, it's <laughs> one hell of a meeting.
1: I'm slightly annoyed at myself for not going with five. What did you say? Four nil.
2: Oh you did, didn't you? It were never gonna be nil, mate. I was texting my Geordie mate saying at two all going, All you've got to do now is bring on Andy Carroll and get a corner and it's yours.
1: Uh, Andy Carroll. Add him to your list as well.
2: Oh mate, what a time. Yes, yeah, so if you've joined us, we've just beaten the two now, me five two. Five tune. Instant thoughts and reactions, James. How was it for you?
1: Well, the scoreline never really tells the whole story, does it? For a long period of time, I was extremely nervous. It's not like you. Sarcasm. But yeah, I was I was really nervous. Were you not?
2: Oh yeah, massively. That's why I said to you then, uh, texted me mate, saying, get under Carol, and it's yours. I thought after first half, we should have been home and dry. And then obviously they sucker punched us with that Jeff Hendrick goal to make it 1-0. And you're thinking, oh God, here we go again. So yeah, mate, I agree. I, I was nervous. We just turned the screw. I think they fatigued.
1: I think um, one of the things that took my mind off the nervousness was you mentioned Nigel Spackman and it brought your thoughts back to the Panini sticker book days or Merlin sticker book, was it?
2: Oh, mate, I don't know. But that's the that's the first time I've heard of him since then. And I hope it's a long time till hear from him again. He, he was calling Calvin, Kelvin the old game. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know what he were talking about. It
1: was, like, it, was, it was like listening to the uh, 10 past three at Cheltenham. It was like a horse race, the whole bloody thing.
2: Uh, mate, I'm not going to hate on him because it's a difficult job, but flipping here, uh, come on. I pay my £7.99 for free delivery and he did not deliver anything for me tonight.
1: When Kelvin went down in the first five minutes, I've put in my notes here, relegation because I thought that was it I thought, I, thought, I thought he was down and out and that was him going to be gone for a few games but luckily well it seemed like he was only winded and he got straight back up but it felt like as Calvin said in, in the podcast which we always keep mentioning name
2: well, dropping good, that's why.
1: <laughs> that it always sort of takes a few minutes to get into the game and because we we have to match the team that we're playing and it, and it was the same again it took us 10 minutes before we, we properly got into it I thought
2: yeah it's easy to say it's from hindsight isn't it but I've been saying this at least three teams worse than us. I'd put that four now. I didn't really feel threatened by them.
1: Arsenal as well, I'd say five. Oh, here he is. <laughs>
2: um, and do you know what? I think there's actually a lot worse teams. I think we're a very good team. I'm doing us an injustice. I'm just going a worst case scenario. I'd put West Ham in that bracket too. I know they did number on us overnight, but I don't think they're that fair cop either. This is the worry, is that when we've not got us full numbers at the back, it's always a little bit sketchy, isn't it? And when you're playing against these teams who, in my opinion, aren't as good and we should be beating, when we're not quite firing up top, we're vulnerable at the back.
1: I mean, you say that, but also in the first half, I thought Aylin was the best man on the pitch. I thought he was absolutely phenomenal. And
2: I agree. I agree. I think him and Cooper both played well. But when you look at them, Cooper especially, how much I love Captain Coop's, he's got an error in him that time he slipped on the ball and they could have gone in.
1: Yeah. And I know I'm jumping ahead of the timeline a bit and Aileen obviously, you know, let his man get the better of him on the corner to concede and take it to all. But prior to that, like Aileen was just so good. He he intercepted everything. He won every battle. He was striding out of defense, striding up into the, into the middle of the park and and breaking us into the final third. And it made me think about Aileen and his journey that he's been on with Leeds. And since he signed, he's been like pretty much, you know, seven and eight out of 10 throughout his entire time, regardless of whether that's middle of the championship, top of the championship or middle of the premiership. You know what you're getting with Luke Aylin and he's getting better. He's getting better. I just think he's, he did, he did the role of um, Lorente or or Robin Cox so well. And uh, yeah, I, I I love having Luke Aylin in our team.
2: He reminds me when he's played at centre half, you know, when, uh, everyone was going crazy for Sheffield United centre-halves just getting the ball and running at you. Yeah. it kind of of does that because he doesn't lose his attacking flair, if you like, and he's bloody everywhere, isn't
1: he? Yeah, really good. I think as well... Rodrigo obviously started to get into that game as well. He, yeah, I, I seem to remember early on in the, like the first fifteen minutes, he he was getting up top and he was he was creating play. I think he just had a poor shot on goal where he absolutely skied it. You could tell that it was coming. It was coming for him, and he and he was finding his rhythm.
2: I thought he was outstanding today. I, f- I also thought Rafina was randomly until the second half. I thought Jack was looking a bit off again. Jack Harrison, but then flipping because he proved us all wrong. Jeez, uh, that, that touch to set up Rodrigo is. Well, we've 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 been joking on here for ages. It's got a foot like a pillow, aren't we? And my days, my days, and then that that fifth filthy, filthy. It's hard to pick someone who had a ropey performance, I suppose, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. It is difficult. It's always difficult when you get a scoreline like that. Like I think we've probably picked up on the couple of errors that that came out of that. But there was nothing nothing dramatic, really. I mean, set pieces are going to be are going to forever be a frustration for us. And I don't know how we're going to resolve that against a, another side it could have been different we could have gone behind again like you say Rafinha, Rodrigo, Harrison I thought Harrison had a overall a good game and, and like you say yeah. like, that, that goal was just so good Absolutely. and actually Absolutely. in in that moment that he scored it flashed back to all the good things he did in that game and, and even more so the fact that He's come under a bit of stick in the last couple of games and, and he got hooked off in the last match as well at halftime. I think I had a conversation with someone on social the other day that, you know, there was things on his Instagram of him training like a couple of days after the last defeat and he was doing like strength resistance training and all that. And he's just so committed to being a better footballer and a better player for Leeds that I just, I really, really admire him. I think he's, there's so much more room for growth with him as well. I think he's, he's going to be really, really good. I think people just have to be patient.
2: We're definitely get him.
1: I think so. I
2: hope so, but we, is,
1: we've obviously got an option. I mean, you don't have a lone player for three years without some sort of option.
2: Mate, I'd have a bit of heartbeat. I think is also a very good human, which I think pretty much all of our players are. I can't think of, apart from one player, who we're not going to discriminate against, who wears gloves. I think apart from that, everyone's like, like a decent bloke as well, which is it's a great thing. And obviously I can't say that because I don't know the bloke with gloves and he could be.
1: Patrick Bamford yeah. wears gloves. What have you got in for Patrick Bamford? He didn't wear them tonight, but... That's so what I've got him in for. Man of the match. You're off to man of the match already?
2: No, but I, I, spoiler <laughs> alert, he's
1: my man of the match. Paddy Bamford. That doesn't surprise me. You're in love with him. I think you'd marry him.
2: Right, give it half a chance. And his oh, no, I'm not going to say that. His missus has got the same surname as me. Well, what does that even mean? It means I'm going to be best man at his wedding, surely.
1: Yeah, that's how it works. That's how it works. So, what, what did you think of Newcastle's performance overall?
2: I thought they were fairly poor. I didn't feel threatened by them really until it was was a set piece. I think for the first few minutes they tried to make it with a dogfight, realised that they couldn't keep it was energy wise, and they just tried to frustrate. I think they looked at West Ham and saw West Ham frustrators and tried to replicate that, but weren't as potent going forward. I think they're one of the most dangerous players played at right back. I do like Ryan Fraser, but he didn't really get much of a sniff of it. I wasn't overly bothered by him. In the pre-match buildup, I was saying, oh, who's going to be playing for England, Bamford or Wilson? I'm thinking, neither of them, really.
1: One of the things that sort of jumped out at me that was really frustrating and, and at the point where I was very nervous was that awful corner from Phillips. It was just so bad. And then they quickly worked up the field. And it forced the, they forced a save from Melier. And it was the first corner of the game we'd conceded. I think at that point, we'd, we'd had five up at their end. And it was first corner we conceded. And obviously, we, we conceded a goal from that.
2: It was from one after, wasn't it? Bamford cleared first one, I think. And then
1: yeah. score from second. But That's right, yeah. Do you know what
2: I mean? Even when they were bobbing at us then, Wilson still scuffed the shot that Melier saved. I, I don't think they're as, uh, they're as good as they might think they are do they think they're good I don't know if they think they're good my Geordie mate tells me they're terrible
1: the other thing as well that I quite admired I don't know whether I admired it but I just thought Steve Bruce you are a bold man just bringing on attacking players he didn't think do you know what let's try and hold on to this lead he just sort of brought Gale on brought someone else on and then kind of went for it And then that's when it opened up for us, and that's when we started being able to play even better swashbuckling, dazzling football. It was marvellous. Look at you bringing out some beautiful words there. (laughs) Well, I mean, then we got to the sort of 75th minute, and um, we just seemed to be doing, it was counter after counter. And there's obviously that great goal from Dallas, yes. that header into the far corner, which was beautiful. And so
2: that is a very good header as
1: well. Oh, it was really good, really good. I think as well, it was just kind of all the hold-up play on the, on the edge of the box by Bamford. I just thought he, he, like you said, he was he was exceptional tonight. You know, you've got people like Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank who is dying to make comments about Patrick Bamford just waiting for him to miss a few chances so he can jump on his back and, and I just love it when, when he has a, a good game. Shuts people like that up to be honest and it's great.
2: When was last time we scored three
1: headed goals in a game? 46 years ago. You don't have an answer either, do you?
2: Yeah, it was tonight, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey! All week It's Christmas, guys. How exciting. But no, that is a bit of a rarity a bit of an oddity, isn't it?
1: On the point of you know, then bringing on all their attacking players. We then caught them on the counter-attack for our fourth goal, I think it was, and there was 5v2 on that counter-attack. Oh, Pablo coming
2: on. and Did he get two assists in eight minutes?
1: Oh, <laughs> man. I was so pleased to see Pablo. I've missed it. You made me realise how much I've missed him.
2: I think the first touch in it was a cheeky back heel, and
1: I was like, oh, God, he's yeah, back. <laughs> back. Here he is. I think that's what I love about Pablo, is the fact that he's probably the slowest on the field but he has an ability to speed up our game tenfold by just nice little flicks that are so precise. And
2: then the Thunder Bastard.
1: Well, actually, you touched on it earlier before you go into the Thunder Bastard. That ball from Rodrigo out to Harrison on the wing and and he took a touch, a pillow foot touch, sort of stretched for it and then half volleyed it into Rodrigo Oh, and that header from Rodrigo was such a good finish. All I was going to say is the fact that you know we were obviously quite critical of him, as everyone was, that he should have been headering that goal late on against West Ham the other day, and and how disappointing that was, and for him to score this, which was an unbelievably difficult yeah goal to score, and he nailed it. It was a great finish. I was so pleased for him.
2: Oh, mate, definitely. It's just great to be beaming talking about Leeds scoring five goals in the Premier League it? with five different goal
1: scorers. Go on, then. Talk about Jack.
2: I mean, what a hit. I I was going, play him in, play him in, play him in all oh my days. He smashed it. I, I, I'm i the worst for it. I, I, you know, when, when we actually get a chance to get back to the game, I'm the one who's going, play him in, pass it. Oh my God, he scored! I'm that guy. Like who's before an absolute worldie that was getting geared up to an enjoy. I'm the knobhead who's ruined it by asking him to
1: pass. Well, it was it's exactly like that other counter-attack where Ali Oskian... Alioski ended up scoring and and it was a pass played in and, and I was the same for that. I was like play him in, play him in. So I thought I just thought Harrison was gonna do the same, they were just gonna lay it off to Rafinha or someone and and <laughs> Oh, just beautiful. Again, I'm so pleased for him because he has come under a, a bit of stick and and he deserves it. He's class. What is dumb
2: as well? is it's easy to say is we could have had more but one thing we probably have, we should talk about we haven't touched on that everyone's whinging about especially the pundits Amazon Prime weren't very good on the old pundits I don't think but Cooper on Wilson Penalty. what annoyed me was they went right let's go to our expert and they cut to him and he's got the thickest Geordie accent I've ever heard <laughs> I get I think it's a pen leak <laughs> I don't know if Mark Clattenberg is a Newcastle fan, but it did make me giggle. Even if it is a pen, which it looks like it probably should have been, I don't think it changes the game that much because we were absolutely relentless in going forward and attacking today, weren't we?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the belief of the team is what carries us through these games and carries us when we're nervous. And I say that because... You gotta hand it to Bielsa before the game I saw quite a few people saying, Oh, he hasn't changed the team on the basis of last week's performance. That's shocking, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But like we always say, it's all it's about consistency. And Bielsa is the master of consistency, and he'll always put a team out that he believes can do it, and he believed in them in the last game. So why would he doubt them this time around? And for me, that's that's everything. Like that is why we were able to go out and perform today. I think he sent a clear message to the players that regardless of what goes on. Outside of this club, pundits, because there's so much noise, especially now we're in the Premier League, that you just stick to what my philosophy is and believe in yourself, and you and you'll do it. And there you go, the performance of it all.
2: That was quite a speech that I enjoyed it. it Who's your man of the match, Jim?
1: Oh, uh, you've you've confused me now because well, I had I had, I had Aylin down as like one of my top players. I thought he was brilliant. And I thought Rafinha was brilliant. I thought Rodrigo was exceptional, especially based on how he was in the last game. And yeah, he, he threw me off with Bamford. And I agree. I thought he was so good. It's, <laughs> be, it's between him and Harrison, but I'm going to go for Harrison.
2: i think going to say, but I'm going to go Rodrigo.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to go for Harrison. I just think, yeah he's come under so much stick for the last few games what a turnaround I mean he got an assist at least and yeah that absolute bullet I just think he deserves it good on you Jack
2: I'm sticking with paddy it's uh, a great he, he, he was at the heart of everything good and even he, he did a beautiful dummy to let Rufino have a dig that with their defender blocked just on the edge of the box was so just let, him, let it roll through his legs he's just an intelligent player it's it's just basically coming into the Premier League, sticking two fingers up at every other club who we played for in this league, and said he wasn't good enough. Everyone hated him last year. Said he's not good enough, and now he's got nine goals in the Premier League,
1: and I think he scored more from open play than any other player in the Premier League so far as well. Yeah, there you
2: go, Patrick Bamford. What a boy! He, he, as a as a single striker up there on his own. He's um, got a
1: girlfriend You said he's got a girlfriend
2: Hey As a solo strike up there on his own There's not many Who are Playing better than him In the league at the minute In that position What's our boy from Banjul saying?
0: Absolutely Punk Here in Banjul Basically The entire country's behind us 5-2 Never in doubt That's what I said At the start Wasn't it We'd absolutely Smash them Great performance
1: Great win Take
0: it on to Sunday Can't wait Love you all.
1: Excitement is rife in Banjul and he talks about Sunday, Scum Day. Oh, mate, I'm
2: just so glad that we're not going in after a defeat.
1: Yeah, you want them to be confident. You don't want any doubt in their mind going into that match. And it is huge. It's huge. And I hope they understand the grand size of the event that is Leeds United versus Man United. Because, you know, a bit of that goes missing with fans not there. Definitely, mate. And a lot of that goes missing, should I say.
2: Mate, the magnitude of this game for us is massive. It's huge. I, I want to be able to be smiling like this on Sunday afternoon. I, I'm probably going to be not as sober as I am right now, if I'm being honest, mate. So get yourself prepared for that one.
1: Oh God, the return of Shandy. Uh,
2: it sounds like uh, they're putting some, something in that lager in Banjul, done not it? He's uh, it's come out all romanticists and he loves us all. So it's
1: that time we come to the end of the podcast. What is your final word, Andy?
2: I went with confidence in the first half. I'm going with confidence in the end. That'll do huge, huge things for the confidence of the team. Um, and I think it takes a bit of pressure off on Sunday. As long as we go there, stay strong and be ourselves. Don't embarrass it. Can't ask for much more. If we play like we do and give it a fair crack of the whip... We've got every chance of going to that place and doing them.
1: Man United are not a good team. They're not a good side under Ole Solsha, And they are there for the sake we have just got to be on our A game. And I think you're right. The confidence will massively help that. I'm going to go for Rose. It's the War of the Roses. It's back. We've been longing for this. It's a shame there aren't going to be fans in the ground or Leeds fans in the ground. don't think there's any, is there? I know, but it's just a shame that Leeds fans are and I don't care about them.
2: What, What, Rose.
1: Yeah, so glad to have it back in the calendar. It's one of the biggest rivalries in football. If anyone's listening to this from abroad and they've never experienced it, I hope you do one day because it is phenomenal. There's nothing like it and it's one of the most vivid memories I ever have is as, as, as watching Leeds Man United as a kid. I hope come the home fixture at Ellen Road that we're able to be in the stadium and, and get to see it, but... Oh, you've
2: got got me all going here. I'm like, ready.
1: (laughs) But on to Sunday, let's have a really good performance and hopefully a win.
2: Yeah, and there's only a few days left to get yourself a uh, ticket for his raffle, isn't there?
1: If you're yet to enter our uh, prize draw to win a signed England shirt by Calvin Phillips... Um not not Kelvin, not Kelvin. Not Kelvin Phillips. The kelvin Phillips. Visit leadsthat.com forward slash donate. Uh, it's five pound entry and you're in with a chance to win the shirt. All the proceeds will go to food bank at Holbeck, which is run by Slunglow.
2: Right. Let's go enjoy that five star performance. Mm. Ride it into that scum game. We'll see you then. Podcast Network.